Here they come! Welcome to episode 117 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Wade Burton to discuss the opening of Army of Darkness. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Happy Halloween, Wade. Oh, happy Halloween. Um, mm. We don't really do too much with Halloween in Australia, but... um. Yeah, I think we that should do is, more. I think we should do more because it looks like a lot of fun. That is my first written down question for you tonight: is uh, how is Halloween um, celebrated in Australia? Because I haven't got a clue. Yeah, it's 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 slowly becoming more of a thing. Like you know, the whole world's becoming a bit homogenous these days. So, um, and you know, it, it's good fun dressing up and you know doing trick or treating all that stuff. So it is it is slowly picking up steam. But it's definitely when I was a kid, it, it didn't exist at all and and it was always one of those things i'd see on tv and movies and, and it always looked so much fun like et like all that the the trick-or-treating you know halloween scenes of that always really uh you know captured my imagination mm. uh, yeah, ditto in the uk you know um they they always cite et as being the thing that kick-started trick-or-treating big time and halloween big time off in the uk i don't know if that's true or not but like yourself when i was little yeah you had halloween and you know in your comics you had spooky stories around halloween time but you didn't have the merchandising i mean over here you know for what six weeks we've had non-stop halloween tat in every supermarket yeah. uh, you go into um but the strange thing is and i i, I, I don't know if i'm just you know um blinkered from it what's or, or, or what but you know you have all this stuff you have all these costumes you have all these quite sophisticated uh technology now where you can have like a talking you know severed head for like sure. 10 quid or something like that and you see all that but we don't well at least where we live we don't get much in the way of trick-or-treaters so it looks yeah. like they sell the stuff and maybe there's private parties but i think maybe it's the weather thing but here in the uk i don't think too many people actually on the night bothered to actually go out yeah, no, it's the same here, and I think I think it's just not enough people who who'd sort of do it yet. For, there needs to be more more of a critical mass of people participating, I guess, before people just start trick or treating around at random. I mean, some years they will we'll get like a, a letter in the mailbox saying, "Oh, we're taking kids around trick or treating this night," but yeah, it's definitely not a a common thing. No, no. So so here we go, um, Evil Dead, and that's my next question for you, which is. Um, um, the Evil Dead films, um, are you a fan? When did you see them? What order did you see them? And what do you make of them? Um, so I'm definitely uh, would not say I'm a fan uh, in the sense that I really have, have not watched them very much at all. I've never saw the original Evil Dead, I think. So I think I was I was a young child when that came out and that just had a reputation as, as, as an evil movie. Like it's the scariest mm. movie in the world. And just its reputation alone just terrified me. I was, I was like, no way I could possibly watch that. And um, and I've never been a huge... Horror is probably one of my least favorite genres, to be honest. Horror and, and legal dramas. If you could combine those two <laughs> together, that, that would be the worst movie in the world for me. Some sort of scary legal movie. Um, but I did see Evil Dead 2 when it came out. 
And I think part of that, because they had a reputation as being a bit funnier. Um, mm. I don't remember watching that. I think I only watched it the once and um, when it came out. And I thought, okay, it was. It still was a bit full on for me, to be honest. Like, it still was kind of scary. And, um, you know, those, those practical effects were a bit intimidating. But I, I did enjoy it. Um, and then, yeah, I completely passed over Army of Darkness. Uh, so, I watched it for the first time, oh, yesterday, the day before. And, yeah, right. we'll I'll give you some thoughts on that later. See... This, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this subject, is that um, it's, I wanted to see what you thought of Evil Dead 3 uh, from a humour angle, mm-hmm. all right? Because um, I never saw Evil Dead. Like you, I knew about the Evil Dead, never saw it. Video I nasty. It. it was a video nasty, indeed, yeah. I did show Evil Dead 2 when it came out and I fell in love with it because yeah. you know you had some really good practical effects in there and there was a lot of dark humour in there wasn't there you yeah, know yeah, very much. and uh, so yeah fell in love with that to the degree this, this Evil Dead 2 is mm-hmm. one of those films that I bought when it came out on video right not on you, you know uh, you know sell through video but on rental you know back mm-hmm. in those days you know right. it was out on rental for like a year first yep. wasn't it and then you could buy it but and so you couldn't buy it but I bought one brand new you know it was 65 pounds yeah. I remember it was 65 pounds um, then because I, I, I loved it so much and then they started talking about Evil Dead 3 they're going to make Evil Dead 3 and I saw in Fangoria photos and it's like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know <laughs> about this, you know. And because by that time, I think, you know, it, 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 we were well into this um, uh, way of things that as sequels came out, they were diminishing in quality, weren't they? You know, sure. um, um, and, you know, Superman being one of the... Uh, the prime ones where you see photos from Superman 4 and you go, mm, I don't know. Mm. And Evil Dead 3, oh, I don't know. You know. And for some reason, we never showed it. I, I never showed Evil Dead 3 and I didn't see it until it was on TV one night. And um, yeah, the, hum- <laughs> the humour in Evil Dead 3. Oh, oh dear. Um, well, I, I um, imagine oh, it's the kind of humour I would have loved when I was 14. I mean, this is really a movie for... For teenage boys and and, mm. and and man children, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I love the humour. I love Ash in Evil Dead 2. I love Ash in Evil Dead 1. You, you know, subsequently I've seen the Evil Dead. Um, and I, I love Ash in Evil Dead 2. I love the humour in him. But in this, in Evil Dead 3, it's almost like a live action Looney Tunes, yeah. isn't it? You know, no, for sure. um, everything with the dead eyes, <laughs> everything with the stop motion yeah. is all very Looney Tunes. Ash almost becomes, you know, you know, like a wily coyote type. Yeah. The dead eye captain is definitely Yosemite Sam. You know? <laughs> and, and to me, it's just very, very silly, Evil yeah. Dead 3. It's yeah, no, not that's scary a... in the slightest. No, I was I was actually surprised when I watched it, like how um, that it was really how goofy it was. I mean, mm. the, all all the skeletons. There's so much so much physical humor with the skeletons doing silly things, and um, I, I was I was trying to think of another like another trilogy that had changed tones so much. Go, going from Evil Dead to that, I I can't mm. think. I can't really think of anything. What about yourself? The only thing that I can think of like this is, and, and it wasn't the third one, it is the second one, and a lot of the humour with the skeletons, you know, when you see the puppet ones mixed with the live-action ones, yeah. 
is is Gremlins 2 compared to Gremlins, you know, where, and I think it is a case of this thing where, you know, Hollywood, you know, they have a, a studio has a a hit on their hands. They get, you know, the, the, all all the reviews back. They look, well, what did everybody like? Right. In Evil Dead 2, they liked the fact that it was scary and there was humor. So this time in the next one, we'll give them even more of that, you know, Mm. and, you know, they just piled on the humor to the degree that it it went the other way, (laughs) completely the other way. I mean, I think I think you and me would probably both agree that the the gold standard in in in, in funny horror would be an American Wolf in London. I mean, that pulls mm. off the balance perfectly. I mean, the scary bits are bloody terrifying, and and it is it is funny as hell. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if you know just the the level of silliness is to try and detract from the rating that they were hoping to get for it, or. I what don't know. I think it still was an R. I think they really? had to do um, uh, trims. Yes, yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Like, that's such a... Gosh, that'd be PG almost these days. I mean, oh, it's got a few little gross bits, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, but it's, it's very tame. Such, like, it's done in such a cartoony way. I was very much reminded, you know, when, when you watch the effects of this, like, you know, the Deadite Captain when he comes back as a skeleton at the end is... is um, and was it... It was it was Sam Raimi, wasn't it, who did the Twilight Zone, the movie segment, with all the Rob Bottin, you know, uh, the one with the little boy who can imagine anything. Uh, well, do you know the one I'm? I know I'm the one you're sure talking about. I, I don't, I don't know that movie too well. I can't remember off the top of my head. Sorry. All right, but yeah, no, it is. It's incredible, cartoony. That's the word yeah. I'm thinking of. It was very cartoony, Evil Dead Three, and I, I've never been a fan of it. Um, mm. The only bit I've liked really is the beginning. This sequence that we're going to talk about. This is, yeah. this could have come from Evil Dead Two. You know, um, usually Bruce Campbell. You know. Um, is the saving grace of many things that I see him in. But even here, after this sequence, it all goes horribly wrong for me, yeah. this film. Well, oh, yeah. this this is the first time I saw it. And as I was watching it, like every time he'd deliver those cheesy one-liners after, you know, he'd shoot someone and you know, drop a, a cheesy line, it was, it was feeling incredibly familiar. And it was I finally realized what it was. And then I looked it up and then other people sort of said, yeah, that was a direct sort of reference. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the video game series Duke Nukem. It was I've just heard a, of it, but yeah, I've never seen a, it. Very forgettable. Um, well, it was it was very famous and well known back in the '90s. The first one came out, and it had this uh, over the top misogynistic sort of uh, you know uh, hero who would always drop these terrible, terrible lines like that. And um, yeah, when I looked on the Wikipedia page, it said that Bruce Campbell was really angry at that he didn't get any payment for the Duke Nukem stuff, and it's it's yeah. It's, there's probably some YouTube videos out there comparing them, but it, it feels like it's a one for one. So I knew I knew Duke Nukem first before I saw this, so it felt kind of uh, familiar watching it. Mm, mm. Um, what I I've never been able to find out is, you know, as I say, I like Evil Dead Two. I love the ending of Evil Dead Two, how he gets sucked into the vortex, and you've got that silent shot of the car falling out the sky, and you know Ash lands. I mean, mm-hmm. that's rear projection. That's the film. You, you, you know, that's the cinema screen behind uh, the the set, and uh, yeah, as they 
you know, rear project the image of the car falling down to the ground. Somebody just out of shot, you know, Bruce Campbell's up on a bit of scaffolding and they drop him in sync, you know, and that's yeah. how the second one finishes and he gets up, that demon comes along, he blows its head off and people start worshipping him and that's a fantastic way to have ended it, you know. Yeah. But this one in Evil Dead 3, I mean, the silliness is almost from the very beginning because they they... they change things around don't they you've got Bridget Fonda for some reason mm. <laughs> has a cameo at the very beginning I'm not yeah. complaining about that in the yeah. slightest but but now he's plonked down in this like quarry um, when he first arrives it looks very much like an English quarry but of course it can't be because it's you know in, in America and suddenly you haven't got these people worshipping because he's blown the head off of a flying demon you've now got these really naff looking knights <laughs> surrounding him and you know how in Austin Powers how Austin Powers says isn't it incredible how you know Southern California landscape doesn't look uh, looks doesn't look or looks exactly like England you mm. know this this Silliness is from the beginning because the knights in this, where you've got Lord Arthur, that's not King Arthur, mm. it's Lord Arthur. Yeah, you, you know, this is the naff Hollywood portrayal of English knights, um, you know, that Hollywood was doing, you know, from the 30s onwards, isn't yeah. it? No, it definitely and, felt like an old movie, definitely. Yeah, because Sam Raimi would have seen Excalibur, you know, he, he would have known how to do realistic. Uh, knights and realistic medieval but instead he goes the opposite way so it's all part of this you know uh, lighter tone to everything yeah. isn't it I mean you I know? assumed when he when he landed and it was in such a desert landscape I thought I thought it was going to be sort of set in the um, uh, like during the Crusades or something like in uh, hmm. the Middle East in Jerusalem or something I um, mean I was like oh they must they must address this <laughs> but they just didn't it's just like oh no this is some sort of fake medieval place that's in the desert and they're all you English and Scottish. You, you've nicked my, my note. My note here says, it doesn't look anything like England. Is this meant to be the Crusades? And they <laughs> well, could have put I, I that assume that's what it was going to be. And you could they could have put a line in. Ash says, oh, the year is 1300. He yeah. could have said it's the great, you know, Second Crusade or something like that. But no, I think we're supposed to believe that this is actually England that he's yeah. in. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-mart. You got that? Now I swear, the next one of you primates even touches me. Yeah! I mean, yeah. and the other the other Lord, I can't remember his name, the redheaded bloke. I mean, he's he's got sort of a Scottish accent. <laughs> so that, I don't I don't remember this uh, this desert part of Scotland. Uh, no, 
<laughs> no, it's not at all. Oh, oh good grief. Um, and, you know, um, that, that, that taken off, yeah, him, I think it's Henry, isn't it? Lord, uh, Lord Henry, yeah, Prince Henry. It. Yeah, and, and that taken off, they're going to be taken to the pit mm. at uh, Arthur's Castle. Um, which is quite a nice matte painting when you first see it. And then later on, they actually bothered to make, you know, sections of the full-size one. And they take them to this thing called the pit. It's a well with a metal cover over it. Um, Now, as I say, I mean, I can enjoy the first two films. I don't enjoy the third one. There's not much in it to make me actually smile or make me laugh. But... Bruce Campbell, when that Henry or whatever he calls himself, uh, says who he is, I do like his "Well, hello, Mister Fancy Pants." <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's that's about my favourite Bruce Campbell moment in this. Well, there's one in a minute, which we'll talk about, but I do like that one. Um, there's a good so, line from uh, one of the, the the peasants there, which says something like, uh, "Throw the bloodthirsty animal into the pit." Yes, that 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 those. Baying, that baying mob there reminds what that woman who, who who you say she reminds me of the woman in Princess Bride who goes boo boo all the time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and it's all a bit Monty Python as well, isn't oh, it? Yeah. You know, it, fine. It's, it's like the stoning scene from Life of Brian. It's, it's almost like, shot exactly the same way. It's almost lit exactly the same yeah. way. It just it doesn't look as good, but. I mean, when, yeah. whenever I watch Life of Brian, I, I watched it just the other day, actually, and I'm always amazed how good it looks. There's so much, uh, the set dressing of that is amazing in the costumes. It really is a, a stunning looking movie. It's, You know, the very first time uh, you were on this show, it was Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. yeah. right? This is a little teaser taster for um, uh, a future episode of this Ooh. show. Um, yeah, Jeff and I are going to do a, uh, a an episode on um, Excalibur. Okay, John John Borman's Excalibur, awesome. which I worshipped and I adored, right, uh, for years and years and years. And the other day, in preparation, I went out and I got the Blu-ray. Okay, and it's like, right, I'm going to watch this now. You know, HD quality, sound, and everything. And I do not know what has happened in my brain, and maybe I blame you for this. But I watch that now, and all the way through, I'm just thinking Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I've never, I, I've never made that connection before, but practically all of it i'm expecting you know michael palin to be there or something you know yeah so yeah um this pit is opened um and they all react to something but we don't see what it is i mean in a minute the camera's going to point down there and you don't see anything down there it's only shadow yeah um and yeah as i say this bloodthirsty mob they're all um you know we found a witch may we burn her aren't they you know and uh so they get the first bloke, they throw him in, um, and then there's a slow pan into the opening of the pit, and you know, and as the scream starts, and then we get this outrageous geezer of blood, <laughs> which pours up far more than a human body can contain. I would have thought, don't you? I have to admit, this was probably my, my the funniest bit of the movie for me. That cracked me up. There's something about the color of it. It's like um, tomato soup or something or lava. It's so not blood, and it's it's such a ridiculous quantity. It, it it really cracked me up. It reminds me of a Hammer horror film. You know, their Kensington Gore, which they called their fake blood, was a vibrant red like this, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder- yeah, my copy. It looks orange. It looks bright orange. Maybe it was ketchup. It's got to be something biodegradable because they've obviously got something down in that hole, haven't they? Some sort of like, I don't know, <laughs> cannon or something, a water cannon to fire this yeah. geezer of 
tinted there's, stuff. It's so much force. Yeah, it's it's got to be something that's soluble. It's got to be something that's biodegradable. Maybe it was ketchup. Mm. You know? mm. So so then Ash goes in with a comedy tumble, um, yeah. and and he he lands in the bottom. He's in this watery pit. Um, in his um, when he goes in as well, like uh. He puts Mark Hamill and Empire Strikes Back to shame with these fake stump hanging out of his shirt there. It looks it looks so bad. Uh, but this now, with the tone of this film, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's in keeping now, isn't it? You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so we've got this little creepy moment where he doesn't know what's going on. This hand comes up out of the water, and then we've got the witch. We've got this dead-eyed witch. Uh, she, she comes up and duffs him up. Um, which is quite nice. And then we got these uh, spike walls start coming in. And then we got this guy, he's not called it, but I guess he's supposed to be Merlin, this guy who kind of like, you know, gets that Ash is something a bit different and he's he's already got his chainsaw, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And he throws the chainsaw in and we got this very silly leap up of uh, Bruce Campbell. Ash goes up, sticks his arm up and his chainsaw just so happens to land on the stump, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and... And and I, attach. I, 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 it's, it, 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 it's it's completely ridiculous, and I, I've got no idea how he keeps it. so much of the movie. He operates the chainsaw just without with one with the other hand not on it. Like somehow mm. his stump operates it through the handle. Somehow that's mm. not sure how that again, works. It's, but. it's a Luke Skywalker robot hand sort of thing going on, I suppose. Yeah, it yeah. is one of the. I guess it is one of the iconic uh, images of the movie, but the the chainsaw hand. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you compare that moment and, and what he's just about to do, the witch, and then go back to you know where he cuts the barrels off of his shotgun yeah. in Evil Dead Two and twirls it, and the camera pulls in and he does the old groovy line, you know, you can't compare the two. They're com- two completely different classes, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he dispatches this um, this witch, and the walls keep coming in, and then out of the wall comes this this creature. The main, you know, effect of this sequence that we're talking about today, the Pip Bitch. Did you know that it was called the Pip Bitch? Oh, that's not very PC. Gosh. It's not very PC. But, you know, this is mid-80s and this is an effects crew. It was never called the Pip Bitch, you know, on screen. It's not even in the titles, but that's the nickname that the yeah. crew gave her, the Pip Bitch. I didn't even realise it was a woman. Apparently so. Okay. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, there are photos. I will be putting them on the Facebook page. Yeah, she isn't evidently female, is she? But uh, yes, we're to, we're to believe that that is actually a woman. Okay. Um, yeah, so they go at it. We get that really silly scene where he lops her hand off and it yeah. goes up and sticks on a man's mouth. It's, it's, uh, it's the lady, isn't it, who did the, the line about throw those throw the bloodthirsty animals into the pit. Yes. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. It's, it's just very forced humour. It's just really forced, isn't yeah. it? And there's but no, there's no say, tension, no tension at all with the monster. No. He comes out and he kills it straight away, pretty much. And no, it, it, like, the, the look of it sort of reminded me a little bit at first glance of um, uh, it was one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, the one where they've got the orc that's got like like the tumour face. Maybe it was two towers. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It remind, reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. So Ash is pulled up on this on this rope thing with with this pit bitch hanging on, um, and uh, he gets out as the pit bitch is spiked, um, and um, he punches out this Lord Arthur, and it is Henry, I think. Henry is released, and that, and uh, 
Arthur goes to kill Ash, and from nowhere, um, Ash has got his gun back. Now, I played that back twice. <laughs> At no point in any of this has Ash got his gun, yeah. right? It's not in his, you know, back shoulder, um, you, you know, holster thing. It's not on his belt. It's nowhere. Yeah. It's not on the ground. But when the pit bitch reappears, he's got his gun again. Yeah. It it is bloody stupid, but <laughs> but this is my only other bit that I I like from this. It's the whole boomstick moment, oh, yeah. you know. And um, I like I like he says this is my boomstick, you know, you know. And I do like his line, and I like Bruce Campbell's delivery of now. I swear, the next time any of you primates <laughs> even touches <laughs> me, you know, that is a good line. That yeah. is a good line. And that's it. That's our little sequence. Because, as I say, um, I'm not a fan of this film. And while, you know, the, the Deadite skeletons at the end, you know, are, are quite cute and that, they just don't do it for me. It's just yeah. <clears throat> too much a Looney Tunes yeah. uh, sequences, you know? And there's so much, um, you know, you'll, you'll get effects with, like, the skeleton uh, dummies. And then you'll have these live-action people running around dressed up not really looking like the skeletons, but supposed to be something else. Like they, 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 they rarely don't. mix the two. They, they really they, sort of separate the live action and the, the models. It is quite clearly uh, ev- evident when somebody is dressed like a skeleton, when somebody is like an almost like Terminator style oppo- uh, um, upper torso that's being operated from beneath, isn't it? Yeah. And the stop motion is truly stop motion. I mean, you know, Sam Raimi of course, he's a big fan of Ray Harryhausen films. But it's all... They don't mix together properly, do they? No, not at all. And, no. I, and I don't think the stop-motion quality was particularly good either. I was actually surprised. I mean, in my head, I thought... Because it was a bit of a later movie for, for you know for stop-motion, stop and I thought it looked quite poor. Mm, mm. And, it, yeah, it, it is. And it, it's all a bit jarring, isn't it? I don't... I mean, <clears> I watch it. I've, I've got it on Blu-ray because um, I've got that... Um, Evil Dead, you know, trilogy, Blu-ray thing, yeah. and yeah, 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 it it doesn't look good. Um, God knows what I would have thought if I'd seen it up on the big screen, if we had shown it, you know. Mm. Well, who mm. knows? Maybe in the time and the context of, of seeing it at that time, we might have been a bit more forgiving. Yeah. But so, so you didn't see it when it was first released, so you don't know what it was called in Australia when it first came out, did you? Um, I've only ever known it as Army of Darkness. Um, right, I don't remember seeing any other titles. No, because it, it, it over here it's changed a couple of times. I mean, originally they just wanted to call it the Medieval Dead. Um, okay, that's good. Name. But yeah, yeah. Like um, but uh, when it came out first over here, it was Army of Darkness, the Medieval Dead. But when it came out on DVD, it was changed to Evil Dead Three: Army of Darkness. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And Sam Raimi, he, he he said he drew from a variety of sources, you know, to make this, to, to write this script with his brother Ivan. Um, of course, there's a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, mm-hmm. um, yep. Gulliver's Travels, uh, plus, not oh, a yeah. surprise, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts. But he also was uh, riffing on Three Stooges, and you oh, can yeah. totally see that in some of yeah. the humour. And and Conan the Barbarian. I don't know which part of it um, is Conan the Barbarian. Maybe, Maybe just that 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 sort of desert sort of aesthetic with the you know 
with with armor and weapons. I mean, yeah, maybe it's the deadite captain as well. You know, because yeah, he's yeah. he's got the bulk of an Arnie, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the initial budget for the film was eight million, um, but during pre-production, it became obvious that it wasn't going to be enough. So uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and the producer Robert Tappert, they put up one million of their collective salaries to get it done. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and this bit we we we're talking about today the exteriors um was the famous uh, Vasquez rocks you know as seen in many a uh, episode of the original Star Trek sure um yeah. and uh, the interior shots um everything you know with the uh, pit bitch and everything but they were filmed on the Intravision stage in Hollywood okay and Intravision is uh, is, is the reverse of uh, rear projection because as I yeah. say at the end of uh, Evil Dead 2 when Ash falls down he's got a cinema screen behind him and behind that screen is the projector projecting the image of the car falling down yeah. okay uh, Introversion uses front projected images where you, you know the, the image is being um, fired from onto the front of the screen via a mirror okay yeah. it and means like you the... can combine the two two images together without uh, optical effects yeah, and 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 the the screen is the, the the screen is some sort of super reflective material, so you can project it, and it won't show up on the actor, but it will show yeah. up on the screen. Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly right. Yeah, um, what ending when you watched it? Mm, I was going to ask about this. Yeah, how does it end on in on your copy? So on my copy, I think I've got the alternate ending. Um, so it's the he ends up in the uh, apocalyptic future, which apparently was not the that's what he wanted to do originally, but the studios didn't like it, so they went for the the ending where he ended up back in his own time. But mine yeah. has the uh, apocalyptic ending. You have got the that's that's the original one. That's yeah. the original one that Sam Raimi um, uh, wanted. Um, Universal didn't like it. They actually took it out of his hands. And um, and reshot, and and come out with this alternative ending, which is the one I've got in the UK. We have the happy ending where he's back in Esmar. He's just suddenly there, back in Esmar. It's not been a dream at all or anything because he's still got the cuts on his face, even though they've almost gone. Bridget Fonda's not there. There is a woman in peril because there is a a, a dead-eyed woman um in in Esmar and he dispatches her and that's how it ends and that's what universal wanted because they thought the apocalypse ending was just um too negative right <laughs> which is kind of bizarre for it's a horror well, like ostensibly a horror movie like you can have a negative bad ending yeah and we've just had a negative bad ending with evil dead 2 you know, if it, that had finished there, had never yeah. been an Evil Dead three. He's yeah. stuck, God knows where, completely alone, just with his broken car, a shotgun, and these people worshiping him. You know, so so, and that was a hit. So you know, why they wanted a happy ending for the third one, I don't know. Yeah, right. pure pure studio bullshit. Studio bullshit. Yes, indeed. Right. So uh, the special effects. On this sequence and, you know, the rest of it, it was split over two companies. There was uh, Tony Gardner's Alteran Inc. Uh, the other things that they they had worked on was uh, Hocus Pocus. They did the terrific work on the Blob remake. Okay. Uh, they did, yeah, they did the Adams Family. They worked with Sam Raimi on Darkman. And they've just recently done uh, Zombieland 2. Was Darkman... Did that come out before this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, it apparently, was... Not, uh, that's what kind of got him, because that was fairly successful, and that, that got him the, the studios interested in, in, in doing this one. 
Yeah, Sam Raimi was writing Evil Dead 3 while they were making Darkman. And when, when Darkman became a success, Universal greenlit them making this one, you see. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that this company, Tony Gardner's company, they did a lot of the puppet skeleton work um, along with the possessed faces of, you know, anyone. And that, again, it's very Twilight Zone, the movie. The, 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 the sequence where... Ash um, opens the wrong book and his face gets stretched and oh, then yeah. he gets stuck yeah. stretched, you know. <laughs> Again, Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry or what, you know. Yeah. Um, the other company were KNBEFX, okay, and they are a very, very experienced prosthetic company, okay. Uh, they've recently worked on Predators. They did Chronicles of Narnia. They did Sin City. They okay. are still making um, Walking Dead, you know, um, right, gosh, dance a lot of prosthetics on that one. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, dances with walls, reservoir dogs from dusk till dawn. They did all the uh, prosthetics. <laughs> reservoir on dogs. That. Oh, so yeah. they did the year. They did the year. <laughs> uh, what else did they do? Spawn, Men in Black. Right. Um, oh, yeah. They did. They did Electro for Ama- Amazing Spider-Man Two, and uh, and here I, it must be grounding work and experience for what they would end up doing on some of the more rotten zombies in walking dead they did all the uh full-size animatronic deadites okay that we see <clears> in the film okay <throat> yeah and they had already been doing the effects on evil dead and evil dead 2 okay um so yeah right what else have i got duh, 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 duh. yeah this the, the cave interior right the cave all right i've got down here the outside of the pit in the courtyard was shot at the Pulsa Rosa Ranch in Acton, California. That means mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to me, right? And the interior, as I say, was in the Intravision Studios. And the cave interior, the bottom of the pit, um, was basically a swimming pool two yeah. feet deep, okay? A bit like um, Dagobah or something. Like Dagobah, very good, yes. Uh, it was Always bring back to Star Wars. You can, you can, you definitely I've, can. I've got another Star Wars connection later on I'll tell you about. All right, you have like a mutant super ability, haven't you? Bring everything back to Star Wars. Um, The cave walls and stalactites were built from pieces of wood um, screwed together and then covered with chicken wire and sprayed with foam. The spikes on that moving wall, which I was looking for the join to see, you know, whether they were just uh, rubber or not. Uh, They were just open-celled foam painted to look like rusty metal, but they looked terrific, I thought. Yes. And uh, my final um, little bit of information is about the pit bitch, right? The pitch, the say it, Eric. Pit bitch (laughs) was yeah. yeah, See, you're doing it now. (laughs) Was played by Billy Bryan. Okay, most probably a name you haven't heard of, Billy Bryan. No, I'm trying to trying to think. Doesn't ring a bell. I don't think even you can get a Star Wars connection out of Billy Bryan, right? (laughs) Um, He's a special effects bod. Okay, he, he's, wor- he's worked on a lot of stuff, including uh, Species, right? He was the sculptor of the chrysalis uh, that Seal was coming out of. He was a puppeteer on Phantoms. He was a fabrications department supervisor on Bicentennial Man. He was a puppet creator on Jurassic Park 3, right? He was, again, in the fabrication department for Cat in the Hat, but he also has acted um, three times, Right, the pit bitch here. Okay, he was dancing sheets in Electra. Have you seen Electra? 
that Jennifer no, Garner one. No. There's a bit where she's training and 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 she's whirling her you know ninja swords around and there's there's sheets all flowing around her. Well, apparently right. that that's this Billy. But <laughs> here we go. His number one claim to fame, even ascending the pitch pitch. Do you know who he has played? Who Tell he me. was? He was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, really? In Ghostbusters. Yep. Well, that's that's a, that is definitely a, a cool uh, a cool credit. And that's cooler than a pitch bitch, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Definitely yeah. more iconic. Yeah. So, come on then, Wade. What other Star Wars connection have you got? Um, well, the, um, the first the, fir- the first, um, time I saw the uh, the wise man, I went, oh, I know that bloke. And I was, it took me a second or two, but he's, he's out of Seinfeld. That's where I knew him from. Um, his name's Ian Abercrombie. Um, and he played uh, Elaine's boss, Mr. Pitt. In, mm-hmm. in a bunch of episodes, I don't know if you know Seinfeld too well. A lot of English people no. don't seem to like it. Don't know why. You're all you're all wrong. It's brilliant. <laughs> my wife, my wife's the same. She just she just doesn't really care for it too much. But um, no, yeah, no, I love it. One of my favorite shows. Like and when I was looking through his um, so yeah, he played the wise man, and then he was also I didn't realize this at all. He played the voice of uh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine and and the Emperor on the Clone Wars animated series. Oh really? Hmm. He did a good job because I thought that was old Ian McDermott. Yeah. So there you so go. So he made a Star Wars connection out of that. I'm I'm desperately trying to think of something to outdo that. I'm actually I'm actually more impressed with the Seinfeld connection, but yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of something in this sequence that. Mm, no. No. All right. No. No. You <laughs> Just can, let me have you, it. Let me have it. You, you can have it. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. It's a very short little um, uh, episode this time because it's a short little sequence. But I, I wanted to get something out for Halloween. So uh, thanks for taking part. Um, but this little sequence that we've done, you know, um, what do you reckon on it for a rating, Wade? Uh, I probably, I don't know, maybe six and a half, seven. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go six and a half. I wasn't. I'm, I, I liked the, I liked the blood fountain, um, but besides that, I wasn't really watching it, being too impressed by the effects or anything. So yeah, okay, uh, six and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I like the design of the pit bitch. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, she she I have to say she don't I? <laughs> she is quite 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 gruesome. And yeah, the um, the um, the fountain of blood is all right. Um, and I do like the Mister Fancy Pants line. And the uh, the bit at the end, but um, I've I've got six, all right. Yep. So it's six point two five, all right. Sounds about right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's it for today. So thank you, Wade. Thanks for having me, man. I think I think you know you're you're obviously still got plenty of things to say regarding Star Wars. I think next time we'll have you back for the next time we do Star Wars. Is that is that fair? Oh yeah, sounds good, man. All right then. Okay. Maybe we have to dive into one of the uh, one of the one of the side movies that I don't think you've touched on yet, like Solo or Rogue One. Oh, we did Rogue One, did we? Anyway. We've done Rogue One, but we haven't done Solo. That's a good mm. idea. All right. Okay. We'll have you back for that then. All right. Sounds good, mate. All right. Cheers then, Wade. Hooray. Cheers, matey. Bye bye.